sex talk. Derek and Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No. Sex talk with Derek and Miley. Hey, folks. Welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. I'm so excited. Everybody be ready. We're going to be talking long-distance relationships today. It is the long-distance relationship show. Woohoo! I have a friend and colleague with me. I'm just, Janet, I'm so glad you're here. Janet, I'm going to, see, I'm going to try to screw it up. <laughs> By Ramian, right? Perfect. Okay. I, I hate when I screw up people's names on the show. She's a licensed therapist specializing in trauma, relationships, and sex therapy. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Yes, thank you for having me. We're going to kind of jump right in to, uh, you created a whole workbook around the long distance relationship, and it's called the Long Distance Relationship Survival Guide. Y'all, you need to go buy this thing. If you're in a long-distance relationship, you need this thing. (laughs) There aren't really many resources out there. So I got this idea because I was in a long-distance relationship for four years before we finally ended the distance. And honestly, I wish there was something like this out there because it would have been so helpful for me to have to kind of help me guide through all the challenges that I faced. Absolutely. Generally, there's no roadmap. We're not ever given a roadmap that said, oh, okay, this is how you have a relationship. And then in addition to that, (laughs) there's no roadmap for some of these complications like distance. What are some of the challenges that you face? Some of the conflicts that happens, like all of these things, they're just not, nobody tells you what to do. Exactly. It is so complicated, but you know, I'm happy to break some of this down. So in terms of a lot of the challenges, I mean, first of all, of course, you're not really face to face, you're not touching your partner as much. So if you're a person that really craves and needs and loves affection, it's it's really, really hard to face long distance if you're not, you know, seeing each other regularly. Yeah. I feel like you're, you're meant, you're actually even touching on something I think people don't often consider is that it's okay if long distance relationships are not for you because of whatever your values or needs are. 100%. I mean, if you're someone that it's really important to you to be with your partner frequently, to have quality time together frequently. It may not be for you. And that's something very, very important that each of us, we have to reflect on if we find ourselves in that situation. Absolutely. So right back to challenges. We got touch, obviously. Physical touch is very, very difficult when there's distance, physical distance between. What are some of the other challenges you see? Related to touch, I mean, definitely if you're somebody who really enjoys sex and sexual intimacy, so there is, you know, not going to be as much of it. Um, And we'll certainly talk about that more and kind of how to really deal with that. So that's, you know, a big factor as well. Like if you're a person with high libido and you really, really enjoy that aspect of your relationship, that's another important point to consider. Like, can I handle having significant periods of time without exploring that with my partner? 
Absolutely. I imagine for folks that tend to have maybe a high frequency of sex during the week or not high as in judgmental, but just a high, maybe they want to have more sex during the week, this would be difficult and folks would have to get creative. For sure. You have to get creative with yourself, you know, especially in terms of self-pleasure. So get comfortable with that. Also, you know, how to really kind of still experience some sort of sexual intimacy in partnership. So, you know, perhaps utilizing video chatting, perhaps utilizing toys, things like that. I mean, that's really, really important. And and you have to also contend with the fact that it's still not going to be a hundred percent what you want, because if you really need that with your partner, you have to contend with, well, it'll feel good and great, but there's still going to be an aspect of it that you're going to need more of or missing, or you'll get once you finally see your partner in person. I think you're hitting on something. I, the sex podcasting grandfather, not in age, but in just because he's been doing it forever. Dan Savage talks about being good, giving and game. And I think you're talking about that game part, being game to be creative in how you maybe try to physically connect. Like there's toys that have apps that you can be from a, a significant distance and actually be pleasuring your partner. I think that's a really good option and being, being able to utilize like video chat, like you, like you mentioned, I think can be at least create a feeling of a substitution. Absolutely. And of course, you know, a big piece as well. Self-pleasure is huge too, particularly if your you and your partner's schedules don't align all the time. So it'll be important that you still experience that sexual pleasure for yourself. And the kind of person that I am, I'm definitely very much a realist. So, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody that's going to kind of sugarcoat things. So for me, it's also really, really important to just for people to be aware that you're going to have days where you're just going to be disappointed and it's not going to be what you, what you fully want and need. And that has to be, you know, okay, you know, you may have to work on acceptance of that. And, you know, I certainly faced a lot of that too, where a lot of my needs just weren't met. And I had to really sit with that, be okay with that. And if I wasn't okay with that, then I had to have that conversation with my partner. Yes. I think that the acceptance piece is probably one of the more difficult pieces of it that we're, and we're going to jump into how to manage conflict here in, in, in a moment or so, but like accepting that you are kind of losing some control too. I would imagine that might be one of the challenges of long distance relationships, at least the perception of it. Yeah. It's interesting that you use the word control because in in a certain way, there is a level of control when you're in a partnership because really you're still living an independent life. You are in this committed relationship, let's say, but you know, you don't have to align your schedule full time with your partner. You know, if you want to go out for coffee with another friend, you can ultimately do that because in your partnership, they might be in a different city or whatnot. So you have a certain level of control with your own life, but when it's related to things that are in part with your partner, then yes, there are aspects of lack of control. Like, you know, I'm interested in talking to you, but let's say you're at work or you're in class and and you don't have, you know, that face-to-face opportunity all the time. So 
it, it's basically, you know, for sure a mix of both. You're hitting the nail right on the head. It is, it's such an important thing to consider that there's these nuances of having a relationship that's in person that we don't we don't necessarily address or think about until that it is no longer happening. So let's do jump right into some of maybe the benefits of long distance relationships. What what would you say are some of the benefits? Definitely, like for example, with that example, you know, you have basically majority control over decision-making related to your personal life. So in my situation, I was in grad school at the time while I was in long distance and, you know, I could set up my schedule however I needed to. When I wanted to see friends, you know, I, I didn't really have to check in with my partner and say, hey, do we have plans? So it was very, very easy in that way because, you know, I, I love being an independent person. So that's definitely a pro. And if you're doing long distance, because let's say you and your partner are focusing on your careers or your education, going to school, you know, you can definitely hyper-focus on those areas of your lives because you have that commitment, you have that, you know, let's say foundation, but again, majority of your life and lifestyle is, you know, focusing on your own stuff. So that I would say is definitely a big pro to long distance relationships. I don't think people often realize the level of freedom that you're essentially saying that you have when you're in a long distance relationship. And maybe people don't even see it as freedom. It just is, right? Like many times when we're in a relationship in person, we're, and, or say you're even living together, you check in with your partner a lot, a lot more than probably people imagine we do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's way easier, you know, hanging out with a friend or scheduling, you know, work, for example, work appointments, work meetings, when you have to check in with yourself, you don't have to oftentimes check in with your partner until let's say you live together or are in the same place with each other. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the other benefits that you would think, or maybe you even experienced? I would say another big benefit is if you really work at it, your communication skills with your partner are in a way like forced to become really, really good because that's really a big part of long distance. You are communicating with each other, you know, by phone, by text, video chat, FaceTime, whatever it may be. So, you know, if conflicts do arise, you don't have that face to face. So in a way you kind of have to work on your communication and you're in a way forced to work on your communication. So your communication skills are definitely honed in at the beginning, I would say for sure. Essentially, you're saying it's like probably in the beginning, early like communication boot camp. Absolutely. Yeah. Because especially if you know you're going to be in this long distance relationship and if let's say you and your partner committed, maybe it's a monogamous relationship, you know, you have to establish what the boundaries are. You have to establish, you know, how you're going to spend quality time with each other. You have to establish, um, how often you'll be communicating with them a day, let's say. You'll have to establish when you guys will actually see each other physically face-to-face. So you are, in a way, forced to work on your communication skills in the long-distance relationship. And 
that's what I would say is a big positive of it. And you don't have the distraction, let's say, of the physical intimacy piece that, you know, maybe in traditional relationships we might have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to tackle conflict because I know that this is something my clients bring up in session. This is, I mean, I've had, I've had friends and family members go through long distance relationships. So I think it's really important for us to talk about how, how to fight in these kinds of relationships. I'm going to be honest with you. It is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's real. It's just real. Real me being a realist. So this is a very complicated one because there's some common things that happen, but it's also super individual because it all also depends on what our own conflict management style is, what we learned in our upbringing. This is, you know, me, the therapist talking. It's really important to figure out, you know, if a conflict is going to happen, when can I communicate it to my partner? So, you know, if I'm triggered by, let's say, my partner not calling me when they said they were going to call me, how am I going to address it? You know, I, I can either call, I can text, FaceTime, and then figuring out what is the best form of communication. So for me, let's say, if I had moments where I was very heated, I needed to first text because that was my way of self-soothing and not riling myself up. For other people, they may need to do a FaceTime because they may need to make eye contact with their partner better. They may need to see the facial expressions with their partner. So really figuring out what what you need in those moments. And again, it's not going to be perfect. It may be trial and error. Maybe you think that texting first is going to be easiest for you, but then you may, might realize that you want to hear their voice and you'll need to do a phone call. So a lot of it will be trial and error, but once you figure it out, it'll get easier. But ultimately, you know, kind of the same, really the same skills that, you know, we learn just in real life day to day, you you know, we need to work on cooling down so that we don't say things that we may regret. We have to regulate our nervous system. You know, we have to really be clear about what upset us and then close it out with something very positive to remind our partner that we love them. So I would say a lot of the basic conflict management skills are true with long distance, but at the same time, we have to figure out what we'll need in those moments. And also being very realistic that all three of those examples, like the texting, the FaceTime, you know, the phone call may still not be enough. You know, you may need to hold your partner's hand during a moment of conflict and that's okay, but that's also something you'll have to be very truthful with yourself about. You are hitting all of the points, and I feel like essentially what we're what we're talking about is that pre preparation, assuming that you will have conflict, much like we do in in person relationships. We therapists prepare our clients a lot of the time to fight, and you are essentially just arguing that you got to be better at it. You got to even be more on your game, for sure. And also, I make it a point again: be very realistic. Like if this type of communication is not working for you. If the phone call is not enough, the FaceTime's not enough, you got to table it and then come back to it at a later time. And again, that's the same thing for 
real life face-to-face relationships. If we're just not getting through to our partner, if we're still not getting what we need, we need to table it and then come back. That physiological regulation of our system is really, really important, as you suggested, that we have to learn to take breaks so that we can calm that fight or flight or freeze mechanism. So then we can say the things that we want to say. Yes, absolutely. You know, those skills are still very much needed. And I think as well, like for me, there were moments that maybe my partner couldn't help soothe me or regulate me. So I needed to then go for a run or do something for my own self-care. So, you know, again, with trial and error, you'll learn what works best for you, but I'll understand that it might take some time to really figure that out and also be gentle with yourself in the process because it's not easy. Y'all hear that? Hashtag be gentle with yourself. It's not easy. Come on. I mean, I, I really think that this probably is the point in which many relationships, whether they're in person or long distance, whether or not they are successful or not, being able to plan for your conflict and with the assumption that one, it will happen and two, that, that you're not going to be perfect at it. Absolutely. I mean, who's perfect at conflict? Have any of us been trained to handle conflict well? I know I wasn't. So a lot of it is like we talked about earlier, really sitting down, having that communication and understanding with your partner, like, how are we going to manage conflict when let's say we are 3000 miles away from each other? Like that's going to be so huge to really sit down and talk about with and have a plan because that plan is really ultimately what's going to set you up for success. We are talking actual roadmap, actual things to do when you are experiencing issues or planning before those issues arise. I think you beautifully, beautifully put. Quick break from the action, folks. Ah, action. <laughs> I just want to tell you about my Patreon. Every week, I bring you guests and, seriously, lots of sex nerdery. (laughs) Help me keep doing that by becoming a supporter. What do you get in return? Cool perks. For real. I am going to be doing shout-outs, stickers, a bunch of stuff. So check it out at ericamiley.com forward slash Patreon. That's E-R-I-K-A-M-I-L-E-Y dot com forward slash Patreon. I hope to see you and see more of you by becoming a Patreon. Thanks, guys. What would you say in the workbook like would be like a great takeaway for people? I mean, of course, go out and buy it. Go through the whole thing, folks. <laughs> but what is what would you say is a good, really good takeaway from the work- workbook? One thing that I write about with my colleague and actually another colleague of mine supported me in creating the workbook. Her name is Susie Halajian. She's also a fellow marriage and family therapist. She and I talked about how ultimately the marker of long-term success with long-distance relationships is that ultimately you and your partner will need to have a conversation as to when the distance will end. So not forever is your what you're saying. Exactly. It can't be forever. At some point, 
throughout the relationship, you will need to figure out when is this distance going to end and how are we going to do it? And, you know, how will we transition from that? Because again, it can't be forever. You know, that's not necessarily for everyone either. And how are we going to bridge the gap with distance? How are we going to merge our lives together? I mean, that's another big transition that happens because in long distance, each individual is so used to making decisions for themselves. You know, the foundation, the commitment is there, which is great. The foundation of the monogamy, let's say, is there. But you focus solely on yourself, you know? And so learning how to merge your lives together, learning how to co-create a household, let's say, learning how to have that shared vision for the relationship is such a huge transition. I mean, I'm still learning it, truthfully. So that is going to be huge. And I would say that's the biggest takeaway because ultimately you have to have some sort of an idea as to when the distance is going to end. You are talking about something that many of us, I think, are not they're not always envisioning what types of long distance relationships there that exist in the world. And I think one of the examples that I have from my own family is from military spouses is that having to have distance and then have to come back together and shift and change life dynamic again and put it on repeat essentially until the person is no longer involved in the military. Absolutely. That's a wonderful example. You know, and I also know of many like doctors, for example, when they go to med school or during their residency programs, you know, I know many of them engage in long distance relationships too. And, and also, you know, when you have that conversation of ideally when the distance will end or when we can project the distance will end, it's so containing and anxiety relieving. I mean, can you imagine like being in this relationship with distance for months or years and you're like, God, when is this going to end? When can we like go out on a proper date without having to plan airlines and drives and weekends, you know? So you may notice that your anxiety is also just relieved in that process too. So that's going to be huge. And, and ultimately the distance has to be for a purpose too. Like, you know, are we doing the distance? Because like you said, you know, my partner is serving in the army and they're deployed and this is what they're doing. Like there's that purpose. In my situation, it was due to, like I had said, my partner being in medical school and I was at grad school at the time. So it was serving the purpose of us pursuing our educations and our careers. So there has to be a purpose to it. It can't just be like this mindless or endless sort of a thing, because that's not necessarily, let's say, healthy either. Mm, Fair. I would imagine the folks that start, like, especially with the advent of online dating, when relationships start at a distance and then are at a distance for long periods of time, I imagine that can make the dynamics all the more difficult. It is. And, And what happens in long distance as well is that during that time with distance, the growth of the relationship moves much more slowly than let's say in traditional, you know, face-to-face living together relationships. Just because again, you're not working on merging lives together. Like you said, you're not working on creating like a shared vision per se for the relationship. You're not, you know, working on those things. So 
the growth of the relationship just moves a lot more slowly. Yeah, I think that is something that was really important to mention because I imagine frustration builds because the relationship is moving slowly, or at least maybe slowly in comparison to what people maybe had experienced with in-person partners in the past. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I myself went through that too, you know, seeing just even seeing friendships where my friends would be dating and only after let's say a year or two they'd move in together or some other you know great life change would happen for them in their partnership and it, it would frustrate me so that was something that i needed to process in my own personal therapy too and also again have that conversation with myself you know am i okay with this am i okay with us still being in this place And so if there is that frustration, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that, you know, likely you're wanting more or you're wanting for things to to move in a different direction. And that's okay. Y'all hear that? It's okay. (laughs) It is okay. (laughs) So I want to make sure that we get a chance to answer some folks' questions that I get and and the new segment that I have called Ask Erica. And um, we we had kind of talked about options of question to answer. So, But before we get to that question, uh, we got to introduce it. And I've been asking folks to do a little, try to introduce this segment, at least until I get a jingle. You know, I don't... I don't know what I'm going to do for this jingle yet. It's hard when the jingle for my podcast itself is really catchy and I get that feedback all the time, but trying to find something that's fun. is I also kind of like torturing my guests just a little bit. So on three, we'll whisper, ask Erica. One, two, three, ask Erica. So one of the questions that I get around long distance relationships all the time is how do I know if my partner is cheating? Mm. So I think we should just kind of dive right in on this one because I think this goes right back to what we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast about control. How does somebody know if somebody's cheating or not? Yeah. So another very, very complicated question, but very important question. So what I will say for that is like the foundation of communication, there does need to be a foundation of safety in long distance. And so if for some reason, you know, particularly I would say women, women have, you know, this amazing gut instinct and intuition. If something doesn't feel right, it's really, really important for us to really listen to that and really sort of figure out where that's coming from. So if, for example, you're making these like phone dates with your partner and your partner is not meeting those phone dates, you know, they're bailing or they're always late or something else is always coming up for them. Yeah, that maybe it's not cheating, but maybe, you know, that's something that's very important for us to look at and figure out, okay, what's going on? You know, is there something like that happening or is it that my partner is not feeling connected? So very, very important to feel out your own cues and also 
feel out your partner, you know, and if you sense that there's any kind of lying happening, or if there's anything that just doesn't feel right in your gut, so, so important to listen to that. And I know Erica, you and I had talked about as well, you know, perhaps there's paranoia, you know, and Mm -hmm. (laughs) somebody's looking to play detective because they're not feeling good on the inside, maybe about themselves or, or something else that trigger kind of like what you talked about before, that something has triggered maybe some insecurity. Right, exactly. So it, it will be important to distinguish, or am I just being paranoid right now? You know, so really, really look at If you're asking your partner, so tell me about your day, you're noticing that, you know, they're not being necessarily forthcoming or, you know, you're, you're learning of things that may not be truthful, then very, very important to kind of figure out what's going on for yourself first, and then also figure out what's going on within the relationship and in the partnership, but also important to distinguish, you know, Or am I just being paranoid? Like an example that I can share for myself is I called my partner maybe at a set time. He didn't make it to the phone call. And, you know, when I asked about it later, partner said, oh, well, you know what? We we had lab that ran very late or a couple of us decided to go out to a movie after, you know, class fine. You know, so it'll just be very important to distinguish, like, is this my own stuff that's coming up that I need to really work through and resolve? Or, you know, am I really figuring out that actual shady things are happening here? Absolutely. I think you are touching on something that I I think whether you're in person or at a distance is really important to consider is how do you communicate earning trust with your partner? How do you, how Brene Brown puts, she says, you know, trust is like a jar of marbles. We put a little bit at a time. How are you putting marbles into your partner's jar and vice versa? Exactly. You know, and that's another point of communication to talk about, you know, really sharing with your partner vulnerabilities. Perhaps if you were in a past relationship where there was any kind of infidelity, let your partner know this happened to me. This is what triggers me. I may get paranoid. I need your support in reassuring me. You know, what will help me feel safe is when we schedule a phone call that you show up at that time, show me that you're accountable. So, you know, a lot of this has to do with our own stuff, like understanding what our own vulnerabilities are and being courageous and brave enough to share it with our partner and then seeing if our partner is really willing to show up for us in that way. Authenticity, honesty, vulnerability, you're hitting it all, hitting it all. I love it, Janet. I so appreciate you being on the show. So how do people find you in the world? You can find me on my website. The website is road, the number two wellness.co. And I'm also on social media on Instagram. So you can follow me at therapy underscore with underscore Janet B. I post daily pieces of information about relationships, about growth, about mental health. So you can find a lot of cool stuff on there. And you can also find information on the workbook, both on my website and on social media. 
Fantastic. Posting daily. Look at you giving out free stuff all the time, folks. Jump on there on Instagram and find Janet. And thank you again for being on the show. Everything that she and I talked about today will be in the show notes, including the workbook itself. Again, that workbook is the Long Distance Relationship Survival Guide. Go out and get it if you are in a long distance relationship or planning to be. Again, Janet, have a, thank you so much for being here. And folks, thanks for sticking around to the end. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media. And I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.